the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Mission Life Podcast. Today we are at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have the opportunity to speak with Susie Jennings. She's the founder and president of Operation Care International, and she's recently written a book called No, Not Me. Susie, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Susie, tell us a little bit about this book. What is the inspiration? What is the story of No, Not Me? Well, my story started in my mother's kitchen in the Philippines when my mom used to feed the homeless in the Philippines. And so I grew up, uh, the homeless would eat in our kitchen table and I didn't like it because they ate my food, occupied my space. And then one homeless lady even slapped me and she was the same homeless lady that my mom would feed. But she slapped me when I was in the marketplace and she just came to me with no provocation and then she saw me and she just slapped me. So mm. I grew up not liking any homeless people. Mm. Wow. wow. And then? And then uh, I came to America. I was hired by Baylor Hospital in Dallas. So I came to America as a nurse, and then I met my husband at First Baptist Dallas, and we got married for nine years. We were married on the ninth year of our marriage. Uh, my husband suffered from a chemical imbalance called serotonin deficiency that caused severe depression. Mm-hmm. So my husband was in the military, suffered depression, and so he disappeared for a month in March 9, 1993, and we found him on April 8, 30 days later in Oklahoma because the farmer found his car. And so they reported that they found a car, but they did not find David. So me and the team of three pastors, myself, and then the detective and my father-in-law, six of us, drove to Oklahoma trying to find him. And we did find him. In Oklahoma, he was hiding in a ravine in the uh, kind of hilly part of Atoka, Oklahoma. But David had been dead for 30 days. Mm. Uh, He committed suicide so he shot his head so he had been a decomposing corpse for 30 days when we discovered him and so I was very mad not at God but I was mad at David he was supposed to be with me and we were supposed to grow old together and then uh, David was buried the day before Easter we found him on Thursday on Sunday, he was supposed to sing in our church, and the title we song was Heaven. We mm-hmm. buried him on Saturday. So the pastor said, now David is going to sing his song with the Lord, because mm-hmm. David accepted Jesus when he was a little boy. And so I believe it was an illness that killed David. Wow. And so out of that tragedy, and out of that um, just huge brokenness, came this book? Yes, so out of my brokenness, I chose joy. Because when David was missing for 30 days, the Bible, I would read the Bible, I would read Psalms every day. And Psalms 30 verse 5 said, Weeping, mindor for night, joy comes in the morning. So that verse carried me for 30 days. And then three months later, I got a car accident, so I became disabled. And then after that, two months after that, I was baking a cake when I started walking. After my accident, I could not walk for two months. So when I started walking, I was baking a cake. And 30 feet from me, my next door neighbor shot his heart. He committed suicide while I was baking a cake. Mm. So that was the 
two suicides in five months. And that's when I got mad at God. Mm-hmm. I really questioned him why. And something incredible happened. So this happened in September 1993. My husband disappeared March 9, found his body April 8. And then June, I have a car accident. And in September, my neighbor shot himself. So I got mad at God. I questioned why, why, why? And then the same night, September 7, the Lord spoke uh, to my spirit. He gave me a dream, actually. And the dream, I was knocking at my neighbor's doors, telling them about Jesus. So next day, I woke up. And then I decided, I said, I'm going to choose joy. Because the Bible said when he was missing for 30 days, I would read Psalms every day. And then Psalms would come to life. And the one verse that carried me was the joy comes in the morning. So I said, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to serve God. So I asked him, Lord, what can I do for you? This is what I will tell the listeners. Do not ask God, what can you do for God? Unless you are prepared because he's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Because that's exactly what happened to me. Three weeks after, I said, God, what can I do for you? He took me under the bridge in downtown Dallas. And then he showed me. I was driving with my mother, coming from church, going home to Mesquite. Then he showed me. He said, look at your left side. So I did. After looking at my left side, then I heard a voice. The Lord said, you're going to go there and help the homeless living in cardboard boxes. And guess what my response was? <laughs> no, not me, Lord. <laughs> no, not me. I said, those are crazy lunatics. I said, I'm not going. I could not stand homeless people. Because when I was growing up, you know, they ate my food, occupied my space, and then one homeless slapped me. So I had a very bad experience with the homeless, mm-hmm. not knowing that one day, God is going to call me to a ministry I didn't even want and people I did not like. And guess what? I had to obey. So I said, Lord, forgive me. Because I said, no, I'm not going. No, not me. And he said, you ask me. What can you do for me? So I repented. So that was my road to Damascus experience. And then he said, God, forgive me. I will go. What could I take to the people? And he said, blankets. So the next day, 24 hours later, I started collecting $5 from all doctors and nurses at Baylor where I was the supervisor in recovery. And that's how the blanket ministry started in 1993. Wow. I know a lot of our listeners at some point in their lives struggle with being angry with God. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned some of just how the... You, you found consolation in, in the Psalms. But what were some of the other things that you, you did actively mm. during those, those, that period of mourning and, and being angry at God and wrestling through such tragedy? Well, I have, I have loved the Lord all my life. I was saved when I was, nine, when I was 10 years old in the Philippines, so I loved the Lord, but I was not that close probably but the lord knows my heart mm-hmm. and uh so what i did was really studying the uh, reading the word and then praying those are things that would really uh, um because i didn't have any place to go but god he was he's always there for me and when i was struggling with the mental illness with my husband i mean for nine years we were married and he was mentally ill for six years mm-hmm. so i would just cry out to the lord 
reading the word and then meditating on the word and then surround yourselves with positive music uh, christian music in your home and then uh, also your friends needs to be very positive people mm. you know church so after david died i started uh, i was looking for some grief uh, uh, kind of meeting in our church but they could not even probably that time there were not a lot of widows <laughs> so anyway so i started my own the ministry bible study for for widows and single mothers and then after that i felt like the lord has more things for me i said bible study is not enough so i asked god i said god what do you want me to do to help the community and then then um that's when i started going attending helping at the homeless shelter and that's where you know i mean i was already told by god to give away blankets but that was kind of not enough for me there's something there so i started going to the homeless shelter and ministering to the homeless and then after that um the ministry was born operation care international which i started in 2001 so it's 20 years old and we are known to host the largest birthday party for jesus in the world because we have 3700 volunteers that would come in one day wow. representing over 300 churches and ministries in dallas area and then we have up to 15 to 20,000 homeless and poor that would come to the convention center to celebrate jesus birthday so we host the largest birthday party for jesus and I, we consider it's in the world because nobody has a 20,000 or 15,000 celebration, Jesus' birthday. That's and cool. it is so incredible. That's bigger than my last birthday party for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want to, you know, highlight what you said about choosing joy. Um, I heard you say that twice. And that is so remarkable after all the things that you talked about within just a several month span you know, choosing joy and actively staying in the word, standing on that specific mm -hmm. scripture that joy does come in the morning, mm. but also surrounding yourself with positive believing friends. You know, yes. we're supposed to keep our fellowship right. with the church. And yes. um, it's so easy when we feel depressed or angry at God to isolate ourselves. And that is a huge part of what we should not do <laughs> is to isolate because the enemy would love nothing more. Absolutely. And just but by taking those obedient steps and even though your initial response was no not me <laughs> which i think moses said that too moses <laughs> and jonah <laughs> said that and also sarah said that no not me i'm not gonna have a baby i'm already 90 years old you know what i mean so there mm. were a lot of uh, bible characters so i i mean i exactly said nope not me but look what god has done so now um out of that uh, Large events in Dallas. We are 18. We have been doing this uh, birthday party for Jesus in Dallas for 18 years. This year is 19th year, mm. and uh, thousands got saved because the heart of the ministry is evangelism, and the trademark is foot washing. Mm. So where has that expanded to? Tell us about where you're throwing birthday parties for Jesus around the world. Well, in um, in the middle of the pandemic two years ago. The Lord have blessed us. We're in, we partnered with 47 countries and 23 states. Mm. In the middle of the global pandemic where everything was shut down. Incredible. But we were in China, in Cuba, in Chile, in Uganda, in Sudan, in Israel, in Italy, Sierra Leone, 
in um, Cambodia, in India, I mean, on and on and on. And then the best part was the Lord gave me a vision that we will give away money so they could buy shoes for the poor children and that there will be evangelism. So just two things we need is evangelism and foot washing. Foot washing is to emulate the character of Christ, which is humility and servanthood. So that's what we do every December. So we wash feet. But not only that, um, on December, the homeless would fall in line a night before. And also the poor people, the poor children and families would come. They would form a night before. And mostly we cater first for the to the homeless veterans. They go first. Because my husband was a veteran. Mm-hmm. And veterans, they needed more support. And they go and then they go to evangelism area. Then they go to foot washing, we wash their feet. Then they go to haircuts and makeover. Then they go to the food and entertainment area. Then they go to flu shots. Then they go to eyeglasses. Then they go to areas where they could find lawyers for counseling. Then they go to area where uh, they could find jobs or housing. And then they go to area where they could call home. So it's called Operation uh, Call Home. So if they get reunited with their families, we take them to the bus and then we take, send them home and pay $200 per homeless uh, fare so they could go home and be reunited with families and make sure that we follow up, that they have a job. And the best part is the children's area, the massive children's area. We occupy half a million square feet, which is 500,000 square feet of the Dallas Convention wow. Center. And so children's area, you have zip lines, zip lines. We have rock wall climbing, we have pony rides, petting zoo, eyeglasses, backpacks, toys, foot washing, medical area for children, food, entertainment, and all that. And then a massive bounce house houses. So it's like a huge Disney World, everything free. Coats and shoes and toys. And so I have to raise that. Uh, support that funds and then God gave me a vision that we will give this that this party will be celebrated all over the world so it's called one day movement Mm. in one day the whole world will celebrate Jesus 200 countries and 50 states in the same day Wow! so where are you at how many countries now and your goal 47 47 and what's your goal now 200 and by when December 17, 2022. 2022. Wow. And we're, we're currently in March. Mm-hmm. We're making progress towards that goal. <laughs> uh, in front of you, there's a list of 107 countries ready to go. So if we'll have a party today, 107 countries are vetted countries. We have partners in that countries, and that's 107 countries. So we still need help to locate countries and also states because we are in 20, 23 states. So we need uh, more states to partner with us, and you are from um, Ohio. Ohio. Mm-hmm. So we need a partner in Ohio, uh, either a church or a union gospel mission that could lead this birthday party for Jesus. And it's always held every third Saturday of December, a Saturday before Christmas. And we wanted them to do that party on the same day wherein the whole world will do it the same day regardless of time zone. Mm-hmm. And then it's hashtag one day million heirs, H-E-I-R-S, in one day millions will become heirs to the throne because the whole world will do it together. So I believe the global pandemic was an introduction. That was the enemy. This one is a birthday party. And this is the only birthday party that gives back. 
because we raise money to give give away so they could buy shoes for children around the world and we have partner in ukraine and so every time i look at the faces of children in the tv i would just cry I, i'm i'm so heartbroken but that gives us an opportunity to partner with european countries with the refugees that are living that are helping the refugees right now the U- ukrainian children so if we could partner with some european countries by december then we could help them yeah what's the process like how do people go about partnering with your organization well they could uh, go to our website opcare.org and then connect with our director mike tyrone he is the director of one day movement and then mike could connect with them so we only select one city per state and one city per country uh, or sometimes uh, so they split the ten thousand dollars sometimes depending on number of children because of the covid then they could not do a really huge event so they split like like in uh, other places they split in three different cities they split the money and then they buy shoes and then they minister to children and then they do foot washing and then share jesus wow I cannot think of a better way to celebrate Jesus' birthday than by all the servant, you know, just the serving that happens in that celebration, that one of the first things you do is the, the foot washing. Can What is the response to that? Because I am oh my. sure that that is, that is not a typical no. thing that you see. That's why uh, Operation Care is so unique. The ministry is incredibly unique, and that's what we do around the world. And uh, the response is amazing. Uh, people are crying, both the one washing the feet and the homeless. <laughs> so they cry together because the homeless could not believe somebody would wash their dirty, stinky, smelly feet. Mm. And remember, that's your sin, mine. Dink, stinky, dirty, and smelly. But yeah. Jesus is still going to wash it. And then the response of the volunteers, the volunteers are the one blessed more so than the homeless. So I want to rewind just a little bit. Take us through a little bit more of you are angry at God. Mm-hmm. You're, you're frustrated. You're having this conversation with God, and he's saying, I have something for you to do. And you're saying, no, not me. Tell us a little bit more about how you worked through in your heart of letting go of some of that anger and also surrendering surrendering some of your will and surrendering mm-hmm. some of the things that you wanted mm-hmm. to going from there to operation care how did you work through that in your heart well i believe uh, number one you really need to have a relationship with the lord that you need to hear his voice that you you will be sensitive to his voice because when i knew that it was god talking to me in that bridge that was my road to damascus experience where mm-hmm. i really heard the voice of god in my spirit so we had a conversation mm-hmm. with, uh, when I said, no, not me. And then he said, you ask me. So once I was fully in and I believe it, uh, there was no turning back for me. So I moved forward just full speed ahead. And I just hold on to that. And thus two things happen. It is faith and obedience will take you to a place of a miracle mm-hmm. that can change the world. Absolutely. You know, when we live a missional life, we we live a, a life that's obedient and 
we we submit our our desires to God. It's not always easy, is it? No, um, yeah, it's not always easy. I also there were times that of course I will question God too, mm. like uh, why why me? Why did you choose? Why did you choose me to do this massive world event, mm. one day movement? Why? I'm not even American. I'm Filipino. I am. I am. You know. I mean, I. I don't know anything about the organization, or I'm not that person. I was a nurse before, caring for people. But look, God took me to another caring ministry, and then he provided. The best part is that I did not know anything, and God carried me. So the glory goes to the Lord and mm-hmm. not to me, because I did not know how to do it. So it's good that I don't know <laughs> anything. So looking back now, uh, I praise God that I don't know, and still I don't. I'm still under construction until Jesus comes. Mm. We all are, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> yes. What What has been the biggest kind of obstacle or challenge that you faced living this missional life, living this life of obedience, and how have you seen? How did you see God come through in an amazing way? Well, I'm. I think you need to really just have faith, complete trust and surrender to the Lord, knowing that He's full in control and that nothing that happens to you, to you, that He did not know. Even when the dog would bark, God allowed that to happen. He's the one that would allow that to happen. So if He could part the Red Sea, He could do anything. So I also wrote the book of miracles. So it's called 31 Days of Mountaintop Miracles. That was my first book. Because miracles just happen like I have, we need to develop a miracle mindset. We're in, you have to look at things and just expect it. So when I pray, I expect it. And another, you were questioning how you could probably uh, be closer to the Lord or know God more or uh, you need to fast and pray. So for the past 10 years, I developed a habit of January 1 to 7. I would go out to my house and then I would fast and pray. I don't eat. I would just read the Bible and then just liquid. And then the Lord gave me this vision. So it started in 2013 when I was in um, in Indonesia because every summer we would do a Christmas in July in mm-hmm. different countries around the world for children. So we would minister. So for ele- I went to 11 countries personally, ministered to 28,000 children, and thousands got saved, and would provide foot washing and evangelism, and then backpacks, T-shirts, shoes, socks, Bibles, and share Jesus, and then we connect the children to the churches in that country. So uh, I could hear the Lord, and through fasting and praying, He would speak in a louder voice. It's a, it's sacrifice, but guess what? I would rather sacrifice and hear God clearly than keep you in eating and you never hear him. Because of the flesh, you need to let go of your flesh. Developing a miracle mindset. Wow, I love that. And so the book is about miracles. So you could also get the book from Amazon and the same thing with No Not Me. And so the people are... People I have met only for first time, like pastors, they will introduce me to the next person and say this woman miracles follows her just like miracles just happened to me because i believe it so when i pray i would just believe that it would happen and and so it's just a full surrender oh okay i will give you a miracle um it's in my book 
and uh, this was a first event at Dallas Convention Center in 2004 when I started doing the birthday party for Jesus, when God spoke to my heart that you're going to have a birthday party for Jesus, not only just blankets, because we started with a blanket ministry, and then it grew to be holding this big birthday party for Jesus in Dallas, and now it grew to 11 countries. From 11 countries, it went to 46 countries. So it went, you know, so we didn't have any money. A, a month before the convention center birthday party, the first ever. So what I did, November November 14, 2004, I, no, November 18, I went and then I knelt at the foot of my bed. I said, Lord Jesus, it's going to be your birthday. 30 days from now, we don't have any money. We have $20 in the bag given by a little boy who broke his piggy bank because he heard that we'll have a party for the homeless. I said, Lord Jesus, we don't have any money. It's going to be your birthday. Your name is at stake. So I told God, I said, your name is in trouble. So that day, the morning I prayed, in the evening I went to work because I was a supervisor at Baylor, 3 to 11 shift. At 8 o'clock, I got a phone call from my friend. Her name is Diane, and Diane said, hey, Susie, are you sitting down? I said, well, let me go to my office. So I went to my office, and she said, I went to my friend this morning, and I asked her to help us because we don't have any money, and we have this big party coming up. A month from now, we'll have a party at the convention center. We got the convention center ready, but they did not know we didn't have any money. We have $20 in the bank. And we already called the churches to help us. So they were ready to go, but nobody knew we didn't have any money. But I have faith that God called me to do this party. He's going to provide. I told him, it's your problem. <laughs> your name is at stake. And Diane said, hey, I went to my friend this morning. Her, her name was Dottie Thompson. Daddy Thompson was the owner of 7-Eleven in Dallas. And she asked Daddy, Daddy, could you help us? We'll have this birthday party for Jesus for the first time for the honoring the homeless and the poor. We don't have any money. Could you help us? And Daddy said, oh, okay, how much do you need? And my friend Diane said, we need $100,000 right now so we could buy sleeping bags, blankets, coats, toys, socks, shoes, order the food, pay the convention center, rent 10 buses that would bus the homeless from Fort Worth to Dallas. We have all these expenses, but no money. And then Daddy said, that's truly incredible. Because two weeks before you came, I ended up in the hospital, but I wanted to give money to charity but I was in the hospital. Mm. And then, how much do you need? 100,000, and then said 100,000, and Daddy said, that's amazing, because that's exactly the amount I want to give. Mm. So I'm gonna write you a $100,000 check right now. Mm. Praise God. I prayed that morning at eight, about 10 in the morning. By 8 p.m., God responded the same day. Amen. So that's just one of the miracles of my 31 days of miracle. So miracles just keeps on happening. So you have to believe it. So when you pray, because when I prayed, I said, God, your name is in trouble. Mm. So I just let it go. And then I let him handle it. Because Exodus 14, 14 said, the Lord will fight your battle. You be quiet. So after I prayed, I let go. And then I went, uh, went to work and as if nothing. And then God just showed up and gave $100,000. That is incredible. Wow. Why not? Your dad owns a cattle on a thousand <laughs> hills, know, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so knowing too that God is in control all the time. He loves you. I mean, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He died for you. Jesus died for you and me. So if I get in trouble, then I just reconnect i said god help me 
Because I could not do this. I mean, I am a widow. So these are for widows as well. The Bible said in Isaiah 54, 5, The Lord God, your maker, is your husband. So after my husband died, I would cry out in the shower. And I felt like the shower were my tears. Because my husband, my dearly beloved husband, left me. So it was so sad. We didn't have any children. But then the Lord, that was the verse that also helped me when it said, The Lord God, your maker, is your husband. So sometimes I would tell him, God, remember, you're my husband. You need to take care of me. And then he would show up again, and then he would remind me, yes, I've been taking care of you. Actually, I felt like I'm really a spoiled child. Today, I really felt that way, that God has spoiled me. But it takes a lot of trust, believing, and just loving on God. I think if you make God first place in everything, that everything comes in just a so incredible incredible god would take care of your needs i mean i left my six-figure income as a nurse supervisor because god said leave your job and now become a missionary for the homeless so i left i quit my job that was supposed to be the successful career woman no i would rather follow my master wherever he would go so the song says I'll go where you want me to go. So that's my modern life. So my only focus right now is to serve the Lord until he comes. And I believe God is using Operation Care to prepare this global happening, birthday party. So even this global pandemic is another thing that was of the enemy, of course. But God is going to use Operation Care to do this one-day movement, a global birthday celebration where the focus is only Jesus and nothing else. Wow. Celebrating Jesus with evangelism. The whole world will do it together. So we need to raise 2 million for 200 countries and half a million for America. So that's $10,000. So people could adopt a country or adopt a state, you know, for 10,000. It goes to that country where they like in honor or memory of the loved ones. So they could go to our website, opcare.org, O-P-C-A-R-E, that org and they could connect with Mike Tyron because we need a partner in your uh, place. Absolutely. In conclusion, you're praying and you're expecting. Yes. And this has been something that has been habitual for you mm -hmm. and you've seen God come through. Yes. E so many times. Absolutely. Two hundred countries by the end of that's big that's <laughs> a, that's a big ask. Oh what well I was yeah. going to ask what what are some of the countries that you're that you um, are that you feel are going to be some of the most challenging, and what are some of the countries that we that oh. our listeners can be praying and believing for? Well, probably you? the communist countries will be the most challenging ones, mm -hmm. you know, because because that would be challenging the fact that the Christians in that countries are all underground Christians, so that would be challenging. So what we did before, instead of just one huge event. We have 10 in one, one communist country, 10 partners that did the event, and it was still successful. Mm -hmm. So there's really, uh, the challenge there is you had have to be very careful of what they do, and also we wanted them to be safe because we don't want them to be ostracized afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it takes also wisdom and flexibility in that country. So only two things we ask from country and states, 
evangelism and foot washing that they could do that. So the money is used to buy shoes for the homeless and to four children. Okay. Awesome. Listeners, we'll have that information in the show notes for you. Susie, in conclusion, you've come from a developing country. You've come from, you've, you've come to the States. You've gone through losing a husband, losing neighbors, Mm -hmm. going through such tragedy and yet coming through and seeing God do so many amazing things through your obedience. For the listeners that is kind of the on the edge, they're they're kind of going through the own their own situation. What what kind of parting wisdom would you leave with the with that listener that just doesn't know what to do? They they want to do things for God, but they're fearful or they have commitments or they just are angry at God. What kind of final wisdom would you leave with the listener? It's like that. I think to me um, I cried out to God because sometimes God allowed things in your life. You bottom down, and then when you are at the bottom, you don't have any place to go but God. So you have to cry out, seek the Lord, start reading the Word. This is a choice. You know, it's between choosing. You know, me, I chose joy. That's why I have. Once I knew it was God, I had no. I have. I couldn't say. No, God, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. No, uh, now what my, I would say is Lord sent me because I believe it and that you're, you need to be fully surrendered to the Lord and love him with all your heart, knowing that his love for you is beyond the vastness of the ocean, the depth. I mean, it's so deep, his love for for you and me. And so... What in return, he gave us an amazing gift through Jesus. What in return could we give to him? Mm-hmm. That's why birthday party for Jesus, the returns to the Lord are the souls won for Jesus. That's the gift we give to the baby Jesus, who is our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. And so uh, it needs to be a choice. They need to choose to do what is right. And then after that, cry out to the Lord and then read, your, read the word choose to go to church and I already said this earlier and circle your friends with believers and and do not watch what you are let go in the TV or any of those bad things and then choose the books you read Christian books encouraging books attend seminars that are Christian seminars to feed your mind positive things let go of the, the world I let go of the world I left my job I left a six-figure income not knowing if I will have a salary next month. But look what God has done. Took me to 11 countries. We built school. We have a school in Kenya at the Maasai tribe area. We have a medical clinic for orphans in Cambodia. We have a school at the border of Thailand and Cambodia. And that is from a ministry, a small ministry. Now look, it's touching the world. Using a Filipino that's not even born in America. And I didn't know what I was doing. But God does. Mm-hmm. God does because this is he's the CEO by the way so if you come to our office in Dallas we have Jesus chair and in our in our boardroom Jesus sits on the front here so he's the leader and then if you go to our website you could see the picture of Jesus CEO Jesus picture and then me president and then the board mm, I love it. Awesome. tell us again the website opcare.org o-p-c-a-r-e.org and yes, we you could do you could do by partnering, prayer, volunteer, and give. And then if you are in different states, 
either you want to donate to us and then we give the money to either you know if you want to donate adopt georgia if you want to donate adopt uh, iowa or ohio or chicago in memory or or honor somebody the money goes to that place through a uh, a church ministry that would adopt the party or a union gospel mission a homeless shelter that would adopt the party so we would only partner with one city per state okay Suthi Jennings the biggest birthday party thrower in the world <laughs> what an honor to have you on the show Absolutely. today listeners be sure to join the party with Susie and Operation Care I have one word yes. to say the Bible said Proverbs nineteen seventeen. that's our our favorite verse he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord could you imagine lending to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Wow. Amen. So good. Let it be so. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Susan. Thank you. What Thank a blessing. You. God bless you all. Amen. Bye. Bye.